this week's episode, we've got zombies galore, ranging from Contagion, to Snow White, to, well, me. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey, everybody. Hey there, guys. We are back from vacation. We've descended from the mountain tops. Yep. So, you okay? <laughs> Tea brought with her all kinds of disease and pestilence. Guys, I'm sick. She is, yeah. She's been out of commission for a couple days, has taken it upon herself to join me in the recording. Um, I was going to just record by myself, but... No, she, I want to be, be here. here. She Unfortunately, because she's been comatose for the past few days and we only got back on, like, Wednesday, um, T did not get to read anything today, so it's just going to be a lot of me talking. And I'm sorry I failed you. T sniffling and reacting it's like so. one of those youtube reaction videos but you just hear me coughing and complaining in the background instead pretty much um <laughs> so i'll start off a couple of things i've been reading that i've mentioned on the podcast um at least once at least that they're first uh have ended uh the first one i wanted to talk about was contagion uh if you don't remember that was the weekly kind of horror-themed one from Marvel, written by Ed Brisson. Uh, that one started okay, right? Yeah, it was. the number one was very promising. I was really excited about it. Right about maybe halfway of the third issue, it kind of plateaued. Uh-oh. Um, and it ended pretty weak. Oh, uh, no. It kind of went out with a whimper, not a bang. Lame. I don't like coming to the podcast to be like hey don't pick stuff up i still think uh contagion's a fun read and it was a weekly so everything's out now it's like a quick little like tapas kind of story <laughs> you know um but it wasn't astounding i thought it could have been a lot cooler they kind of just dropped off tension and then it was just like hey everything's fine now um uh... The, the biggest issue I have with Marvel on a lot of these things is that they're just scared to do Elseworlds stuff. You oh. know? Like, DC will be like, hey, you know, a writer will come to the DC execs and be like, hey, I want to do this story about Batman. And they'll be like, cool. It's not in And then they just do it. And if people think too hard about the canon and the lore and the continuity, then they just go, oh, it's, you know, somewhere in the multiverse. There's a and billion cool. Earths. It's but fine. like I feel like, at least for the past few years, Marvel's been really like weird about just doing some Elseworlds stuff. Everything you know? must be on the canon. Yeah. So, and you know, this week they have Marvel Zombies coming back, and it appears to be in the main Marvel what? continuity, and what? has how. Like, marvel people turning into zombies so like that's that's fine but contagion has to wrap up in a nice little package anyway i thought it was weird um super odd it's missable it's still okay if you like kind of b horror movies it's still fun it focuses on a lot of street level characters that aren't getting a lot of love lately uh so it might be worth picking up in a trade um or if you can find all the issues in like a lump sum for cheap maybe like a buck an issue <laughs> you know uh then it might be worth getting but i do have to renege a little bit on my kind of super heightened praise on the number one because it just kind of fell flat um one book that ended in a good way that didn't fall flat was silver surfer black Woo. so donny cates and uh trad moore doing that one i originally picked up this book 
because Tradmore was doing the art. I've never really been that interested in the Marvel Cosmic stuff. Mm, just okay, fair. personally. Um, the space <laughs> shit never really stood out to me. Um, I like Alpha Flight. Yeah, fair. Alpha Flight's dope. I I like Abigail Brand. Let's just let's just lock yeah, it up. Just anything that Abigail Abigail Brand touches. Yeah, she could be chilling out at a donut shop, and I'd be like, sweet, I'll read that. Nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I the last Silver Surfer title with Michael Allred doing the art got a lot of praise, and I think you need that kind of artist, like the artist that's really willing to get like postmodern and trippy to do a really solid Silver Surfer story. And that's Trad Moore. So that's why I picked it up. Honestly, the highlight of this five-issue mini for me was the fight sequences. Really trippy, really flowy, really, like, action-packed kind of fight sequences. That's cool. Really well done. Um, It ends in a super cool way that kind of rewrites a big portion of the Marvel Universe, which is funny because they have a book out right now that's talking about the history of the Marvel Universe. That's ironic. Yeah, I I think it's funny, but... Um, if you're looking for a cool space story or just some generally nifty art, pick up, uh, Silver Surfer Black. It's five issues. All issues are officially out, so you can get it in a nice little package or you can grab a trade whenever that comes out. Um, I highly recommend that one. Sonny Cates just likes to stir the pot. He really does. And I feel like he's trying to stir it and being told to stir softer. (laughs) because i feel like everything i read from him where it's like hey some big stuff's coming it gets to the end and it's kind of like it's it's big ish marvel (laughs) like his whole like donnie in a corner yeah his whole (laughs) thanos story arc from guardians was kind of that way where it was like "Eh, you know it had there's some big stuff that happened but like feel like he wanted it bigger and then eventually marvel's just like no um So, uh, continuing discussion about the whole Dawn of X stuff that's been coming out. Excalibur number one is out this week. Uh, so this is the third one. We had X-Men first and then Marauders second and now Excalibur. Uh, next week, I believe we have X-Force and New Mutants. So that's going to be a fun week. Um, Excalibur is really cool. It's incredibly different. It, um... It's bizarre in this whole, like, scope of this, like, odd culty paradise that X-Men are, the X-Men are building, we suddenly get, like, a fairy tale. That's random. So it's, like, rich with magic, and Morgan Le Fay is the bad guy. I love Morgan Le Fay's stories. And X-Men gets magically, goes magically catatonic to the state where they're, like, I won't say who... To the state where they're, like, nude, surrounded by flowers on, like, a stone slab, a la, like, Sleeping Beauty or Snow White. Snow White-ish. Yeah. That's and, weird. Um, it's, it's super fairy tale. Like, it's super duper fairy tale. Huh. Um, it's, it was cool. And we've got a new Captain Britain. Um, oh. You can probably figure out who it is just by looking at the cover. But, um, <laughs> and a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. A lot of x-men that we haven't really seen doing a whole lot having much of a voice finally getting to do some stuff that's good and apocalypse is there just being like the bro behind the curtain like in a good way in a like hey i need to do some recon help me out guys 
Huh. Oh, and one of the new X-Men, one of the recent X-Men from the Rainbow Run, which is what people are calling the X-Men Blue, Gold, and Red, and Black Run. Um, one of the newbies from that oh, is, like, involved. Newbies. This is a different newbie. Um, huh. This is one that actually was, like, brand new in X-Men Red. Oh. And she's apparently, like, Apocalypse's assistant. So... But it's cool. Excalibur okay. number one is cool. I think Marauders is probably still my favorite of the three that has been out. I like the tone of it. I like Kitty Pride's new, like, BA attitude. <laughs> I like, um, she just, like, I didn't get to talk about Marauders because I didn't do my text things um, last Uh-oh. week. Uh, <laughs> I was busy drinking moonshine. Um, <laughs> I have a good excuse. Hear me out. Um, and, uh, yeah, Kitty Pride just like beats up a bunch of dudes in that book, and it's total badass, and That's it's awesome. really cool. Um, so Marauders is still probably my number one, but Excalibur, I like Excalibur better than X Men number one. I I think I'm in the minority um, about X Men number one, but I just I don't like the tone. Everyone else is like, oh, we love the return to form for the characters, but it just feels Weird. feels like it's too set up to just be the like soap opera crap that I really don't like about X Men. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's fair. I I hope kind of that their plan with the X Men run is that it's just gonna be like, like they set it up like it's gonna be all this like interpersonal drama, but then it turns out that the three of them are just like super cool with being a throuple, and it has nothing to do with that. And it I has yeah. Everything to do with them just like beating the ish out of some dudes. Yeah, I'd totally be fine if they just decided they were polyamorous. I'm fine with that. Like. <laughs> Because then it's not drama. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have a whole issue where Scott finds out that Wolverine's been, you know, sneaking midnight snacks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Um, That's what I'm saying, though. Like, if they just let it be what they are and then just move on, then it could just be like, oh, hey, look, three of the most powerful X-Men are now just, like, killing bad guys. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. So we will see how that goes. Moving right along, I've got a bunch of number ones, like more number ones to talk about. Um, it was a big week for number ones and some really cool, tonally dark stuff from uh, DC specifically. Ooh, okay. um, so the first one I wanted to mention was Basketful of Heads, which is the greatest name ever. <laughs> it's almost a good it, band name. It doesn't mince words. It's it's like, hey, this book's going to have something to do with a basket full of heads at <laughs> some point. Get ready. You know what I mean? Does it? Would, it? Uh, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like if the first Friday the 13th movie was Lake Jump Scare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's So this is the first one from Hill House, which is their new imprint because DC's whole marketing strategy right now is like, we'll just keep making imprints and you'll tell us when to stop. Uh, and But do they listen? They, they, I mean, they completely revamped Black Label after Bad Penis. One book in, there was a penis, and now they're like, well, maybe we'll tone that down a little. <laughs> Cancel all that shit. <laughs> and let's start over. Uh, but So Hill House is their one that's run up by Joe Hill. Um, oh, okay. Renowned very well-known horror author cool. with you know familial ties to slightly well-known horror author authors 
be be real. <clears throat> anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Stevie. Uh, <laughs> call me. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, it just feels like a horror movie. Like That's it really awesome. does. It feels like it's first issue dives you in with like some characters that you think are going to be certain cliches but they end up a lot more likable than you expect them to oh, I love that. there's like the small town sheriff but he's a really caring nice dude and there's like the rambunctious teenage kind of you know loose morally girl but she's like really sweet and kind of like you know has these big dreams and there's like Aww. the her paramour who's this dude who's just trying to make money so he can go to school and it's got a real jack and diane vibe between the two of them okay, and i'm that's from adorable. indiana so i have to like that um <laughs> or john cougar is going to write me a strongly worded letter <laughs> he's the president of indiana if you didn't know that yeah yeah no yeah <laughs> absolutely I mean, who else would be the president of Indiana? Yeah, it's like, it's like how Jimmy Buffett's the president of Florida. It, he's, it's he's just less, how it is. He's less the president and more like l- living monarchy. Yeah, fair. <laughs> and Ben Affleck's the president of Boston. Uh, everybody knows this. Anyway, <laughs> this, is, this is all shit you know already, guys. I don't know why I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm being forced to explain, like, elementary-level history. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, characters are great. Um, The premise seems cool so far. I don't really know. It opens with a really shocking scene. And you're like, what is happening? And then it's, like, earlier and goes into just completely normal shit. And you're like... I love that. You're like, how do we get there? (laughs) You can't... What? (laughs) It would be like if the first, like, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of The Wizard of Oz was, like, Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Lion, and the Tin Man just, like, having a snooze orgy in the poppy field. Oh, yeah, okay. And then it's like, now she's on a farm in sepia. And you're like, huh? Um, It's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one, where it opens with, like, the imagery of the, like, people pieces on the table and then it's like oh now it's just some high schoolers in a truck and you're like hold on (laughs) yeah it's like um wait a minute (laughs) yeah and so it's got this like really shocking hook right in the beginning and um but otherwise it was a good read and i'm really excited to see where it goes and i'm really excited for the rest of the hill house stuff hopefully it has that same kind of tone it just felt like a slasher movie Felt like a slasher movie. Felt like the setup for a slasher movie. But way more likable than many slasher movies that I've seen. And I have watched a lot of slasher movies. We've seen way too many slasher movies. And Um, most of them are bad. It's kind of like how you go into sleepaway camp and you're like, wow, everyone's terrible. But then, like, the main guy and his, like, friend are really kind of cool and nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Super weird. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, because there's... The chick who's like quiet and silent, Angela. Yes. Angela and her cousin or whatever. Right. Like really loud mouthed one. Yeah. Who's a nice guy though. Yeah. And then his friend, the blonde one that falls for Angela. Yeah. It's like how the two of them are like really nice, but you're expecting it to be like just cliches and everyone's a dick because that's what slasher movies tend to default to. Yeah, of course. But you're like, whoa, these guys are really wholesome and kind of cool. Everybody sucks usually. What is this? Cut to the end. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) 
the most iconic Angela. Like, moment in a horror movie yeah. for me. If uh, you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, you don't get why I made that noise and why T left. Go watch Sleepaway Camp. Watch it late, late at night in the dark, too. Because it's, for all intents and purposes, a really kind of subpar slasher movie. It's great. It's really funny. And the characters, like I said, are pretty likable. And there's some good, like, bad people getting what's coming to them kind of moments. Yeah. And then the ending just flies out of nowhere. Yeah, full left field. And the credits... Like, the final, like, few seconds of that film are shockingly disturbing compared to, like, the remainder of the film. And the image will be burned yeah. into your retinas until you die. Uh, so, go watch that and come back. I'm closing and my eyes and I can see it. Yeah. And it's, it's horrifying. It's great. I love that movie. Um, so, moving right along to another number one, Joker, Killer Smile, number one, came out. This is another black label. It's another magazine size. Dear Lord DC, keep doing magazine size books. They're I kind of so want big. I kind of want DC to just give up on their normal size and be like, you know how we get Marvel? We become the magazine company. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you get these big beautiful art pages and like this is uh oh, who's doing the art for this one? Andrea Sorrentino is doing the art and she's oh, got nice. great like she there's one page where like the panels are teeth in oh. a laugh. So, like, you've got, like, a top oh. row of teeth and a bottom row of teeth, and they're panels. So there's stuff happening in there, and there's stuff happening in between those as well. But when you, like, kind of hold it back, because it's a big page, because it's a magazine, when you kind of hold it back, it's like, oh, those are teeth. That's a mouth laughing. That's jacked um, up. Lately, we've had a lot of Joker. <laughs> there has been a lot of Joker flying around. If you haven't listened to us talk about the Joker movie, we have an episode about that. Um... You know, you've got your Harleens, you've got your Harley Joker, uh, Criminal Sanity, you've got the Joker, You're the Villain one-shot, which was amazing. White Knight. White Knight. Um, Last Night on Earth, which has Joker in a head. There's been a lot, like, every writer at DC who has a chance, everyone from, you know, Scott Snyder to John frickin' Carpenter and uh, Anthony Birch, who wrote for borderlands yeah. is like doing what they can to take their spin on the joker on the joker yeah for better or worse i haven't really had any that have been bad we haven't met the joker in harley joker criminal sanity yet mm, which okay. is interesting i'm excited that to kind of interesting. see what he turns out to be um but in my personal opinion this was a severely cool very classic take on the joker oh, okay it was really dark it's told from the perspective of this psychologist who has like two weeks to kind of get familiar with the joker and study him he's working at Ar- arkham but his contract or whatever is his you know research stint or whatever is up in like a few weeks from the time that we meet him and he's like i'm going to cure you he's like determined to be the one to cure him we all know that's not going to work. No, bro. But what we get is this Joker that I think the Joker succeeds when you never really know where he is or what he's going to do. Yeah. But it not in the sense of he just like spontaneously like, Bruh! but like sometimes he seems like he's having a good time. Sometimes he seems just kind of mad. Sometimes he's really calm. 
Sometimes he's laughing his ass off. Sometimes he's, you know, calmly moving through the streets of people that he just murdered with a shitload of gas. And other times he's literally beating someone with a crowbar. Like, the Joker being simultaneously sane and crazy has been the big theme of a lot of these. Um, it was a huge theme in the You're the Villain one-shot, and it's the whole f- point of criminal sanity. Um, but this one does a such a good job of displaying that. Huh. To the extent of how Sorrentino draws the Joker at different times. Huh. In the cell... He looks like a normal dude. He's, you know, got the lips to an extent. He's got, like, slightly pale skin. But he just kind of looks like a normal guy. But then in these flashbacks of him doing crimes and stuff, he's got the full green and the big mouth and stuff like that. Um, Interesting. And it's it's nuts. It's, it's really cool. And it's to the extent where, like, he's so mysterious, so, like, hard to grasp that like at points he almost even seems supernatural like he he's reading the psychologist as the psychologist is reading him you know and he uses that against the psychologist and it's just this huge cerebral like back and forth very like hannibal ector um and it's cool and i'm very excited to see where this one goes i think this one might be my favorite joker read that i've had recently yeah um so i'm really excited to see it's a longer mini i don't think it's the usual like three it might be a three but i think it's one of the longer ones because oh, okay. it's thinner um kind of like criminal insanity i think it's like a 12 oh and it's wow like, it's like thinny thin um whereas like harleen and batman dam they were kind of thicker yeah and they were only three um but i cannot recommend this one enough it's beautifully put onto the page it's wonderfully written. It gives us a Joker, like I said, that's a lot more cerebral and contained. Because he's literally in a cell. So the only Joker we get, we don't get him, like, shooting dogs and stuff like the Year of the Villain. We don't get him, like, you know, manipulating one specific... Well, I guess we do get him manipulating one specific person. But we don't see him doing, like, in the present moment, doing, like, a lot of crimes and stuff, like, in other stories. Yeah, right. Um, but what we do get... Is just his personality and his brain, and that's it, you know? I think the best way to describe a good Joker is how unbelievably erratic they can be. And so if you can depict him where you don't know who he's going to be the next minute, that's the best way to do it. A well-written villain. There's two ways to write a really compelling villain villain one example is like thanos from infinity war and endgame a villain who in his eyes is the hero a villain with altruistic means someone who's daunting and intimidating and aggressive and kind of cold and calculated but ultimately kind of doing what they see is right apocalypse is kind of that way magneto is kind of that way wherein yeah that's what i said thanos from you know infinity war and endgame where they they're doing what's right to them. Yeah. You know, and they have their moments where they're a little unhinged, but they're really calm, really collected, know exactly what they're doing. Doctor Doom is that way. Dark Side is that way. Black Adam is that way. Like, they just, they have their goals. They're going to achieve them. Do not get in their way. Asriel's like that. Yeah. 
the other way of doing it is to have someone who can be write a villain who can be intimidating and frightening when they're putting on a show when they're boisterous and loud and big and in charge or just sitting down being calm being quiet you know what i mean a villain who's intimidating in both of those you know so the joker you know walking through the streets murdering people or just sitting in a dark room intimidating in both of those spots that's a well-written villain you know what i mean and um they got that here they got the like really intimidating like even reading it there's just this tension like what's gonna happen like i like page two i was like oh man (laughs) what's gonna happen yo um and it they nailed it like it's jeff lemire and um i believe it's jeff lemire jeff lemire and andrea sorrentino uh oh man and if you do not pick up the care andrews b cover you are missing out because that thing is freaking spooky. <laughs> the cover is great. Um, so, Killer Smile, definitely check it out. And then I want to talk about one more from DC uh, that really shocked me. I was not expecting to like this. Okay. So, I've mentioned in the past that I don't really like Conan stuff. Yeah. Uh, DC has a book out that looks very Conan. Okay. It's called Last God. Uh, the solicitation says something about how, you know, it's a story, an epic told from two separate generations, like generations apart. Uh, the first generation, something about, like, brings about the destruction of the world and the second generation has to fix it. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. We open with this really epic, like, Lord of the Rings style thing where there's oh. this super evil bad guy. Okay. Who is trying to, is just conquering and destroying like all it shows you all these lands like this was destroyed and this was destroyed and blah 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 and then this group this fellowship made up of humans and elves and dwarves and they all have their own sort of names in this world um they band together and they banish they kill the great evil the last god quote unquote they kill it they defeat it and then the human and the man human and lady human go on to like be king and queen of the world essentially oh nice um as because the man human was the one that finally like slayed the beast and whatever slayed the demon um and then we find out that stories are sometimes just that and stuff becomes a little bit unhinged and there's a lot of like mythos and lore being laid down and i'm super excited to find out where it goes but that's really cool it was cool it was so cool it was um i really expected to just get the first one talk about it like yeah you know they did a conan book it was good um pick it up if you like conan stuff but honestly it felt more like last of us meets lord of the rings dude it's the the thing they're fighting against is essentially like the fungus from last of us it's a plant-based infection that causes like people to zombies and be like in 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 the thrall of whatever this last god is and they get infected when they get wounded and stuff like that and um there's this whole they even seeded in like a folk song about it that's really like twisted and is exactly the type of shit that like medieval societies used to do (laughs) and um it's oh it's so and the art is like 
edgy and graphic and just dark and fun and like wow okay you get this like huge tonal shift between the like stories of this like epic like take that saruman kind of thing yeah and then like what the reality is you see these like dark kind of beaten people there's political intrigue there's like racism and like it's hefty and amazing um it's probably my favorite book from this week Whoa. Admittedly. And I, I went in fully expecting not to dig it. Surprise! Um, because I just, I've never really been, I love fantasy. Like, I love a good fantasy book. Um, and I play a lot of Pathfinder and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm cool with fantasy. It's just that kind of, like, barbarian fantasy. Red Sonia's and your Conan's and stuff like that. Right. Uh, never really appealed to me. Just, like, big dude, big sword, dragon, cool, stab, you dead, moving on. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's it just never really, like, never really sat well with me. It never really, like, intrigued me that much. Um, but this was not that. This was really cool. That's awesome. Um, and it's bleak. It's not an uplifting book. It's not a very exciting book. It's more, like, tense and dark. Huh. Uh, but it is worth picking up by far. That's awesome. So. That's super exciting. And then just closing out while we're on the subject of dark fairy tales. This one I picked up because it sounded like a lot of fun and it ended up being a lot of fun. Um, Snow White Zombie Apocalypse. What? From Scout Comics. What? So this is a one shot. Okay. Quote unquote. Um, big old air quotes. Which the big old air quotes piss me off because it's totally not a one shot. It's the first issue. But it's a one shot in the sense of they don't know if they're going to continue it. That frustrates the hell out of me. Gotta say. Anyway, um, <laughs> it literally opens with Red White, Red Riding Hood getting devoured by a zombie big bad wolf. All right. And then becoming a zombie. Uh, okay. Zombie big bad wolf then goes on to fight this chick with huge puffy hair, like wrapped hands, and she's just like karate chopping the dick off of this thing. <laughs> and Red Riding Hood gets up and goes to devour this dude with a rapier who... I think was trying to kiss her that becomes a running thing um okay we find out later that's rapunzel and prince charming all right excellent. Um, we find that out because prince charming leans in to make out with the cold lifeless body of snow white in the woods oh lord um and rapunzel's like dude what are you doing <laughs> There's it's consent, it's, man. It's fun because it's simultaneously a parody and like homage to like zombie stuff. Like okay. for instance, Snow White was put into her sleep twenty eight days before she was awakened. So it's twenty eight days later. later. Um, and you know they reference they say quotes that are said in like Night of the Living Dead and stuff like okay, remove the cute. head or destroy the brain that kind of stuff. That's um, adorable and, like, gross, but, like, adorable. But then they also make commentaries about, like, fairy tales and kind of how generally effed up fairy tales are. Yeah. And, like, how Prince Charming's kind of just a weirdo perv. Like, at one point, they turn around and he's just smooching a tree. He's just like... Mm. <laughs> Somebody buy that poor man some chapstick. <laughs> yeah, like, right? come on. And, um, so, like, there's commentary on that and stuff and... You know, we get cameos from different uh, different fairy tale princesses and creatures and stuff. And they apparently have all this plan to have, like, 
the three little pigs big bad wolf be a different big bad wolf that's going to come in later there's like a dark pixie that's going to come in later like different fairy characters uh they reference the seven dwarves and what happened to them and stuff and it's just fun why did they make it a one shot i don't know i i think they just kind of wanted to see how it sold and then go from there i'm going to um and i i recommend everybody else do this as well because if you pick it up and you like it uh maybe tweet at the creators either at scout comics if they have a twitter i don't know um or uh at the writer and artist which the writer is brenton lingle and the artist and i'm sorry if i mess this up is hyandu park um so if either of them have twitters we need to tweet at them we need to tweet blast them um because it's really fun the art is really fun it's goofy and kind of cartoonish um without being too bright like it's still kind of dark and painted um but it's like very expressive uh and then the story is just funny it was just funny it, it didn't try too hard it knew what it was gonna do and it was like this is what we're doing and sometimes that's what you need you don't need a story to try to like deliver a message or make like this big overarching commentary on something you just need to be like you know what would be fun this you know yeah it's like i say the same thing about people when people are like hey i'm gonna start gming what advice do you have i tell them like fun first yeah you know what i mean like that's if you, a really good like way to yeah. focus a group if you want to have like a big complex big bad or you want to throw in a bunch of puzzles or you want to have some sort of like political intrigue or mystery at some point fine do that but very very first it has to be fun and i think comic books can be that way too like I absolutely agree sometimes it's just gotta be fun you know like just be fun you know like uh gwenpool strikes back i've been reading that it's just fun it's just a fun book it does make like marvel commentary and stuff that's really intense um <laughs> but it's not trying to like reinvent the wheel it's just like hey this character's fun we can do some fun things with her this is a cool narrative let's just do it you know and yeah. sometimes you just need a book that's fun well, and isn't like trying to like archie versus predator yeah. is so weird and yeah, goofy just, and off the wall and they're like we're just gonna do stuff it's just fun comics just comically fun yeah so anywho uh that is going to do it for us today i'd like to thank t for sticking it out even though she's incredibly ill i'm okay i'll be fine <laughs> do you have any closing words t um, any news or anything you want to talk about um highlight of my day into the spider verse number two april 2022 it's a long window well, they said that... That's good, though. Yeah, they With said the, that it's With the a, animation and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the animation style requires a lot of time and intricacy, and so I would rather them take their time and make it right instead of rushing it just to make a, a dime. Mm. That shows that shows growth on the side of Sony, in my opinion. It's true. <laughs> uh, before we close up, uh, hey, T, what's up with this episode being on a Saturday? Well, Chris, let me tell you. After discussing with some of our uh, fan base and listeners, we have heard your requests that you guys listen to us on Saturday anyway, and maybe it would be better to do it on Saturday mornings instead. On the long eight and a half hour drive from the hills of Gatlinburg, we were discussing kind of the future of the podcast, and one thing we want to do is 
to be able to put some more content out and have like extra episodes and stuff. That's right. And like she said, we talked to people who listen to the podcast and they said they listen to us usually on like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that kind of thing. Um, So we figured we could put the episodes out on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. That way people could listen to it, go out on Saturday or Sunday to their comic book shop, pick up the books. That way they don't have to worry about putting putting it into their work schedule. Um, and it gives us a little bit more breathing room for putting out content on days that just work a little bit better. You might also see some additional content on Wednesdays. Correct. Because we're going to have a little bit more flexibility in our schedule, which yep. gives us more time to provide better stuff for you. So, lots of stuff coming. Uh, we're going to try to continue evolving this. We're about to hit our... I think we technically have hit our anniversary. Are we about to hit our anniversary? Our anniversary, anniversary. is, I think, later this month. Later right? this month, yeah. 50th episode is next week. Yeah. So that's exciting. Maybe we'll do something fun. Um, and as always, if you want to hear more Cover B, you can check us out at coverbpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Cover B Podcast. That's right. And you can see all or find all of our past episodes including our real extras from the joker and all of the other movies that have come out this year that might be pertinent to your comic uh likings mm-hmm. and also our merch opportunities are yep. on our website uh and yeah get out there and attack your weekend guys have a good one as the cool air kind of sweeps the nation uh just have fun just spend some time and have some fun We will catch you next week for our 50th episode of of Cover Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye, guys.